Farm Food Facts, where every farmer, every acre, and every voice matter. Welcome to Farm Food Facts for February 12th, 2020. I'm your host, Phil Lemford. This week, we're going to discuss diversity in agriculture. I'm joined by Dr. Quentin Tyler, the chair of Manners, Minorities in Agriculture and Natural Resources and Related Sciences. He's also the Associate Dean for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in the Michigan State University College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. As a member of the Canner Leadership Team, he spearheads efforts to assist with the management of resources for faculty and staff professional development, provides guidance and vision for recruiting and retaining diverse and inclusive faculty, staff, undergraduate and graduate students, and identify and respond to areas in need of multicultural engagement. Dr. Quentin, give us the 101. Where do we stand today on the current diversity in agriculture? So I think, you know, Phil, that's a very complex question. Where are we at? I will say that, you know, from a standpoint of diversity, we have room for improvement. Also, I would say that, you know, we have a a field or an industry that's open for improvement. Uh, I think we have a lot of critical players in the area that have an interest or an emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think, you know, when you talk about diversity, Phil, you can't talk not talk about what we term equity and inclusion. Uh, in terms of higher education, we understand it's a need with our changing demographics currently, but also, you know, thinking about, you know, how can we bring agriculture or make people more aware of agriculture and its benefits amongst all groups? So when I look at the barriers to farming in general, forget about diversity for a second. You know, we've got an industry that the average farmer loses money, that the average farmer has to have a, you know, a second job in in order to keep the farm open. So when we expand that and talk about diversity, how can we how can we get more people involved in farming with those kinds of barriers? So I think, Phil, you know, instead of concentrating on the barriers, we take more of an asset based approach. We look at the fact that, you know, in terms of farming, they're giving directly back to their respective communities. A lot of independence in terms of agriculture, you know, and agriculture is always an ongoing and learning type of career field. In addition to that field, there's a lot of resources available. You know, again, we talked about the barriers, but there's a lot of resources that can help in terms of uh, in regard to farmers. And what are some of those resources? If if we talk about diversity in in farming, are there any programs that can help educate, fund these people who want to give back to their community, want to give back to society, but just aren't able to by themselves? Yeah. So, Phil, I would look directly, you know, to a to a resource we have that is a part of our land grant mission, which is Extension. Uh, Extension is located uh, here in, in the state of Michigan in every county. Uh, they have agriculture educators. They also have those that work directly with youth and you know, youth and families. So I will look at those entities or those trained experts in extension that have the opportunity to guide those farmers. And then also in terms of finances, point those folks to the right resources as well. You know, as in in your position, working with the university, uh, working, you know, with uh, minorities in agriculture, natural resources and related sciences, what can you project when you look into your crystal ball and look ahead in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, what do you see happening? 
So first, you know, Phil, I think it's it's tough to ignore the demographic changes, right? The shifting in, the, in diversity, the shifting in our colleges and universities. You know, if you think about it in terms of, of a gender perspective, you know, we have more more women that are acquiring degrees, more women, you know, in leadership positions. I think, you know, what we need first is that learning and development piece to look at diversity, not as a bad thing, but look at it from the standpoint of education and opportunity to fill in those gaps that we have from a knowledge base. If we're going to continue to be the, the group or the folks that feed the world, we've got to have the world at the table. So I think in terms of that, and then I also feel what I see is an interest amongst our young folks, an interest to know where their food comes from, and then also an interest and having a voice on decision making, you know, in terms of policy, in terms of, you know, the structure, and then also in terms of the opportunities too. I think we as an industry have to continue to educate, you know, our constituents, our internal and external stakeholders on the importance of of locally grown food, on the importance of farmers, and on the importance of knowledge too. So what are the kind of questions and the kind of issues that the students are bringing to you? And, you know, what are what are some of the answers that you're giving to them? How are you? I guess what I'm asking is how do you motivate these kids to want to be a farmer? So, you know, Phil, I think, you know, uh, some of the questions I've heard is, you know, you know, honestly, what does all does a farming entail? You know, and how do you start up? You know, we think about one of the barriers of entry that you mentioned was land. So how do I go about, you know, acquiring land when I didn't directly inherit that land? You know, and then also we talk about it from the Native American standpoint, you know, of being of folks understanding that this was my ancestors. You know, so I think first is respecting individuals and their respective identities. I think also, you know, uh, letting these folks know that they do have a seat at the table and that we're just not interested in their diversity, but we're interested in their ultimate success. And, you know, when when you look at on on the land across the country. What kind of changes have we seen probably over the past five or 10 years that really reinforce the work that you're doing? So, you know, Phil, I would think, you know, across the country, if you look at a lot of our College of Ags and Natural Resources, you know, we're integrating, you know, not only folks from diverse backgrounds, but, you know, diversity is a conversation that's had at every level. You know, I think about the leadership and folks that I've worked with at MSU. We look at who's not at the table. We look at specific awareness programs, we're looking at the training, you know, we're developing and creating those conversations. So they're a part of everyday conversation and language. So I think that's one of the things we're doing. And then also we understand the importance of, of, uh, of reaching the youth at a younger age. You know, I think about, you know, particularly here at MSU, we have three pre-college programs that combine researchers with those prospective students. So, you know, we start from that end. And then also thinking about the National Society of Minorities in Ag, we have a junior manners program. So initially, you know, we started with one junior manners institute that talked about, you know, the education and opportunities in ag and natural resources. But now we have several institutes all across the country. So I think people are being intentional and then also bringing a message that resonates with all, you know, and that's a, a message that, you know, food. I think people, everybody is in, attracted to food. And everybody knows you have to eat. I'm curious and fascinated at the same time the the fact that you say you know we we need to reach kids when they're younger i think that when i was a kid everybody wanted to be an astronaut and how do we get kids at an early age to grow up wanting to be a farmer what are what are the kind of discussions that we need to have with these kids to make them you know want to be passionate about to your point you know supplying food growing food feeding the world so I think, you know, Phil, first, I think it's important to have a representation. Representation matters. So when you have a, a leader 
or you know somebody in these respective positions or roles that come from that respective community but also you know from a visible standpoint it's important as well i think also it's important to, to ask students you know uh what they want to be and then also in some ways relate that to to the field of agriculture and natural resources and that's one of the things i feel like about ag and natural resources that it touches almost every group you know and i think too it's being intentional and taking outreach programs working with youth organizations, not only junior managers, but those in 4-H and youth development, they have to phase, working with each of their leaders to identify in communities and, and somewhat repackaging our message. I think it's all of, it's important about the language that we use and our delivery. Model. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think a lot of it is the, you know, marketing, if you would, of, of farming and to get them excited and to, and to talk the language uh, that they want to hear. Well, Quentin, you're doing a fabulous job. Thank you on behalf of all the farmers and all the people who, who need to eat across the world. And I don't want to be an astronaut anymore. I want to be a farmer. Well, I appreciate those words. Thanks so much for joining us today on Farm Food Facts. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode. For more information on all things food and agriculture, please visit us at usfarmersandranchers.org. Also, be sure to look for us on Facebook, at U.S. Farmers and Ranchers or on Twitter at USFRA. Until next time.